0: Discuss the ins, discuss the outs, and let's talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about. Hey, my name is Fergal Curtis, I'm an artist, and yes, COVID-19 has thrown a few spanners in the works when it comes to being an artist in Ireland. Hashtag Save the Arts has been trending over the last few months as many artists' careers have been shaken up. The arts have never been more important during a time of uncertainty. However, not everyone sees it like that. And are the artists who've been entertaining you for the last few months really being supported? I've started this podcast to bring together a diverse group of artists from different backgrounds and get their take on being an artist during these very strange times. We're gonna talk about how the arts are viewed in Ireland, what support is out there during these times, as well as the artist's personal experiences and their views on the future of the arts. So let's get to it. Let's talk about the arts. My guest today is operatic tenor, Dr. Gavin Ring. And let me tell you, I have no idea where to start. This man has many strings to his bow. Hailing from Savine and Kerry, I was exhausted after reading all of Gavin's achievements, both in his diverse operatic career and extensive educational background. I've got to work with Gavin a couple of times, most recently in the Magic Flute with Irish National Opera in 2019, where things were a little different. Not only were we performing live theatre, but Gavin was a completely different voice type, and the Magic Flute marked his swan song as a baritone. An extremely intelligent artist, the doctor part of Dr Gavin Ring points to his Ph.D. where he researched Robert O'Dwyer's 20th century Gaelic opera, Ethna. This led to the opera being performed in 2017 for the first time in 107 years. And I was lucky enough to play a small role opening the opera as the Taoiseach as Gavin played the High King of Ireland. Maybe in these roles, between us, we could have figured out a solution for the arts crisis we were challenged with this year. Not only having resurrected an important part of Irish opera history, Gavin consistently shows his support for the arts in Ireland, particularly during this tough time. Scrolling through his Twitter account, Gavin uplifts all parts of the Irish arts and culture industry promoting his colleagues and the wonderful work so many do for the arts. He also kindly shares his wonderful talent and his passion, or Gras, as he would put it, for music, opera and Ireland. Lockdown has been a busy time for Gavin. He has continued to perform regularly on new platforms in events that have supported many during this difficult time, as well as being part of many projects and collaborations such as album releases and farewell surprises for well-known radio presenters. He also runs his own music school, Cooley Music Academy with his wife, Nicola, another wonderful artist. Oh, and yes, they also welcomed their third child, Dylan. Truly inspiring, I'm excited to hear how Gavin has managed so many wonderful projects during a crazy time when the arts has been struggling to survive. With his work ethic, intelligence, passion and talent, Gavin has shown us that despite a crisis, the arts is and will keep fighting back and flourishing. Please welcome Dr. Gavin Ring. Hello. Thank you very much, Fergal. How are you? My God, what an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I always start with kind of asking people. So I kind of give that little bit of introduction. That's kind of from my outsider point of view. But then I kind of ask the guests to take us through how you got into the arts, oh, yeah. why you're so passionate about it, um, any kind of background, you know, your kind of journey as an artist. Um, obviously you've a really interesting one in the last few years from switching voice types. But I suppose going back, kind of why you got into the arts in the first place
1: okay well uh i grew up in a little coastal village in uh the southwest coast of ireland car in county kerry and um traditional music very very strong down there and uh i suppose i was um integrated into that scene fairly lively as a young fella grown up um i played tin whistle traditional side flute accordion uh, boron the whole lot of it i was doing traditional singing and i suppose i had a bit of a flair for music and uh started taking piano lessons then with a local teacher and um i uh i suppose uh, from then on really music became kind of the forefront of my existence um that in gaelic football (laughs) also uh, important well yes it's a bit like um what they call it's a bit like obligatory army service blowing carry like <laughs> you kind of have to you have to do your you have to do your return. just so happened that i enjoyed gaelic football immensely also i wasn't that good at it but i enjoyed it um but yeah so i i, I guess from the music point of view it was just sort of it, it i was kind of it became uh, a large part of who i was from a very very young age mm-hmm. and um uh, i suppose the big sort of um move for me um, or seismic shift rather was when I uh, got a scholarship to St. Finian's College in Mullingar um, they've been running a scholarship there since the 1970s to train up organists and church musicians okay. and, and things like that so um, but it's a it's a fairly intense sort of versing in all things musical uh, particularly classical music obviously is the main stay, main focus so I learned organ and classical flute and I continued piano studies and uh, started basically training my voice as well. Yeah. And uh, I always had an interest in opera. I always had a sort of, because I think my grandmother and my mother and things like that would always have been playing it in the house growing up. So I was always, as I say, I was kind of attracted to it mm-hmm. as a as an art form. And uh, then when I started training my voice in in, in Finnians that kind of, uh, what's the word, I suppose, it, it, it gave me an opportunity to, uh, to develop a part of my musical self, which I'd always longed to do, but yeah. never really had the opportunity. Nor I suppose maybe the the realisation probably never hit me. I was quite young at the time that you could actually do this, and uh, and I I absolutely you know I caught the singing bug as yeah. uh, as, as they would say, and uh, everything else suffered. I wouldn't <laughs> practice my organ. I wouldn't practice my piano. Um, to as sufficiently as I should have, and uh, I all I wanted to do was sing Schubert Lieder and opera areas and things like that awesome. like, way stuff that was way too big for me at the time. But I was just, you know, absolutely kind of um, besotted uh, by the yeah. art form. And um, I guess I, uh, I suppose initially, I didn't think that I mean, I loved it and I always knew it would form part of what I would do but I never thought particularly when I was a teenager that it would be something that I would do full time mm-hmm. um, so I always thought that you know you'd have you'd kind of you have maybe a, a regular job <laughs> and you'd have yeah. your uh, you, you, you'd do your you you'd do job. your passion then in, uh, yeah. uh, in, in whatever spare time you were granted so I decided I'd become a primary school teacher first uh, I saw that as a sort of uh, an ideal kind of a a job to be able to pursue other things alongside your career um, and
0: teaching does tie in the it does it does
1: and like you I only realized that I, I I mean that becomes uh glaringly obvious uh once you actually become a singer um yeah. that the sort of processes and uh the whole concept of pedagogy is uh, a a huge sort of um it's a huge part of being a singer in in itself, and mm-hmm. particularly the the processes of reflective pedagogy, where you're constantly sort of assessing uh, your skill set and your craft, yeah. and um, and that whole sort of conceptuality is big in education. Um, but yeah, so I went to St. Pat's in Drumcondra. I'd started studying with Mary Brennan uh, privately at that stage. And I was keen to sort of continue that on a private basis. So that's why I plumped for Dublin instead of Limerick. Originally uh, I was okay. going to go to Limerick. I was going to go to Mary I, um, because I wanted to be close to home. Yes. But because I had started studying with Mary, that's, uh, that told me, well, you've got to go to Dublin so that you can have your weekly lessons with Mary. So that was morning.
0: kind of the pull towards Dublin Oh yeah, big on. time. Yeah, okay.
1: big time, big time. And, um, uh, but I wasn't, I don't think I was a year and a half in the course at St. Pat's. Um, and I was like, I, I want to be a full time singer, you know. Okay. Um, I was certain because I, once I got into the Dublin scene and I started kind of doing a few gigs, you know, developing more with Mary. Um, I remember, I think maybe my second year or my third year of the B. Ed, I was actually on the OTC Opera Theatre Company oh, yes. Artists Programme. Yeah, and I was just started kind of like saying, well, you know, actually, this is where my future lies, mm-hmm. rather than in teaching per se. And don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed being in primary schools. Yeah. and I, I was just chatting to my sister in law yesterday, who's a primary school teacher herself, and we were just having a chat. And I used to love uh, infants were my favorite class to teach, and okay. uh, you know, um, so I I I, so there, I characters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I, lo- I love teaching. I I loved teaching infants uh, in my teaching practice and whatever subbing or whatever work as a primary school teacher I did early on um because uh, other grace like you know yeah. you can, especially as well you know the utilization of music is very handy and they respond really well to yeah. it so i i always found that the older classes were uh, uh they were grand like but in terms of grabbing attention the infants were so much easier to do that yeah you know you just clap in front at the top of the classroom and and they all like, want to what? know what's going on. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you did that in fifth and sixth, they'd be like, "What's that age of that?" Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like
0: they're kind of getting a bit cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. And you know, if uh, I, there there are many things in life, I have I I have been and cool has not been one of them. So I fit <laughs> right in with the with the junior and senior infants. Um, but uh, but yeah, you uh, look. So come, coming back to uh, when I was in Patsia, yeah, I I, I, I kind of decided, you know, by the when I I I decided to finish the finish the degree because there was an excellent music department in Pats I was getting a very very good grounding there I was getting good opportunities and um, I was enjoying the education side of things and I, I suppose I felt as well that like you know when you go into the arts in any shape or form there is a degree of risk and uh in terms of uh being able to sustain a living from it absolutely so i suppose that was always in the back of my head sure look if i as long as i have the the b or the teaching qualification um it's it's all it's a nice insurance policy i suppose yeah as well on top of it but i went straight into a master's at the academy then in dublin because mary had started teaching there and i kind of felt that would be a that would be a good starting point yeah and um I got a Bank of Ireland Millennium Scholarship to help me through to uh, pay for the fees because initially I was going to do a year of teaching and then I said uh, look I'll apply for this Bank of Ireland Millennium Scholarship I got that and that sort of fast forwarded my decision Mm -hmm. then to actually take up a place the following year because I knew I could pay for it then basically Exactly. and um,
0: And especially because you would like about it already like it had been mind yeah. this is what I'm gonna do oh totally yeah, yeah. so
1: I was thrilled actually I never forget the I never forget the evening that um I got it was I, I'm sure it was an email um to say that I had been given the the scholarship and I was on cloud 9 because I yeah. just felt I suppose um I felt like I was going down the path that I was sort of destined to go down, if that makes any sense. And I was felt that, okay, this is this is this is what I really want to do. And now I've yeah. actually been given the means to do it.
0: Um, the stars were aligned.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was um that was really cool. And uh, I guess from then on I I, I just sort of really sort of immersed myself in the Dublin scene, the Irish mm-hmm. scene. Um I did some small roles with the likes of lyric opera. I was on, as I say, I was on the Opera Theatre Young Artists Programme, Opera Theatre Company Young Artists Programme, and um, I started getting, uh, you know, gigs with the National Symphony Orchestra, and I started, yeah. I, 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 and I was doing the Fesh Cool and the whole lot, and I was, just had this really lovely, rich, kind of formative uh, existence and experience um, in my my sort of, my first years at the Academy. And, um, and uh, I, I suppose in 2010 then, came a kind of a, a another uh, nice moment when I got my first job at Wexford and uh, that was a real eye-opener actually because I suppose up until then mm-hmm. um, everything had been kind of Irish-centric now obviously Wexford is an Irish festival but it's an international yeah. festival in an Irish town and the, and, yeah. and the way in which it's run is like no, is no different to let's say you know uh, an Italian opera company or a German opera company or whatever yeah. particularly with the bloody daily schedules but we we'll not talk about that now <laughs> uh, but uh, they keep you busy oh they certainly do yeah. it was like three session days for like two months I was like huh,
0: what is yeah. this um,
1: <laughs> but it was brilliant like because um, I got a, I, I got to do like a big role in one of the shop works and I was in the chorus and I had a small role in one of the main stage things and I just got this really sort of intense experience and that, I, I, that kind of set me on the path then to kind of um, uh, slowly but surely getting more regular sort of work, yeah. both in Ireland and in the UK and little bits in Europe and stuff like that. Like nice. and um, After that then, I, I suppose when I finished the master's, uh, I was starting to work a good bit and um, I was also teaching as well. I was doing a bit, of, I was actually, I had returned to St. Pat's Syndrome Conjon I was actually um teaching voice to the third level students there at the time and um, but uh, I I suppose a lot of my colleagues at the time were kind of maybe heading I remember Dean went off to the the opera studio in Munich and and, uh, Tara had gone off as well and uh, Naomi had gone to um, uh, Naomi O'Connell had gone to Juilliard and uh, I kind of felt there was there was a couple of offers at the time to start to do similar stuff but I just felt that I had more work to do with Mary which I did Okay. vocally so I actually I, I opted to stay on and and work for another couple of years with Mary and it was the, it was a really good decision actually because I there was a couple of sort of technical things and there was a few things I really wanted to nail down um but and so that's
0: quite a brave decision as well yeah because you could be like I'll just go you yeah know, let's see what happens but to I just did feel I was ready do you know yeah. what
1: I mean I, I I didn't feel um I felt that whatever like as I remember I got offers to well I wouldn't say offers but like I was there was talk of going out to Munich at one stage there was talk of going out to Texas at one stage as well and, oh, wow. so, and I just kind of felt that at the time it just it just didn't feel right that wasn't the right decision for me but yeah. but as well on top of it I, I also from a kind of a young age what's <laughs> the frustration of a lot of people <laughs> because I think when you're when, you, when you're young uh, I, I suppose I would have made a lot of decisions based on a personal basis as well and okay. um, I think an awful lot of people responded quite uh, that got me into some tricky territory sometimes because I think yeah. uh, there's 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 a there's a uh, a perception out there something is that young people don't know their own mind when it comes to making personal decisions mm-hmm. uh, or certainly decisions for personal reasons um so uh so yeah there would be <laughs> that sometimes that got me into
0: hot water um but then at the same time, basis, time like yeah. when you grow up you kind of realize what's important yeah so in a way maybe you were ahead of well i don't time. know if i was ahead of it but i suppose
1: i was always a bit stubborn do you know and okay. i was always kind of maybe a bit kind of. No, look, this is what I want to do and this is the way I want to sort of do it. I'm still the same. Um, uh, Just ask Nicola about that. Try to <laughs> the wall. Um, so, uh, and I always sort of adopted this uh, approach, particularly with the arts and kind of, you know, for how you want to plan your career. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Do you know, you Absolutely. there is just because one person goes off and does it and they be, and, and that's a success for them doesn't necessarily mean that that's going mm. to be this exact same for you. Every artist is different. Yeah. Every professional is different, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, obviously with the best will in the world, and you must take as much advice as you possibly can. But sometimes, you know, the ultimately the decision lies with yeah. the individual in question. And I sort of adopted that attitude from yeah. fairly early on, but. But anyway, I, I, I felt that I had that work to do with Mary and um I was like, Look, I'm going to be around Dublin after the master's still what'll I do? Will I put I'm gonna be around for two years anyway, at least, more yeah. or less. Better put my time to good use. So I was like, Ah, sure, look, I'll do the PhD. <laughs> and uh, and that journey began. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was funny actually, I I was um I, I was kind of, I was actually late with my application for it because it was such a it was kind of a last minute deci- decision actually I, I'd always kind of thought about it. I remember my mother because my mother did a PhD when she was in her fifties yeah and I remember her saying to me a few years before that she was like if you're going to do something like that try and do it when you're younger and okay. let's say you've less responsibility and you don't have kids to be thinking about and stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of resonated with me I was like oh maybe I remember reading Deborah on the bike actually no I mean. I had one one earphone in one ear, and I was able to hear out the other, so I wasn't doing anything illegal yeah. or dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I rang her, and because she had been my um, Deborah Keller, she had been my supervisor for my masters, and I just bounced it off her at the time. I was like, "What do you think this idea? You know, would I be able to, you know, put in a late application for the demos?" Little did I know that Deborah had just become the director of the academy at that stage, ah. and she was like, "That'll be no problem, Gavin." I was like, "Oh, good." That was easy. That was easy. And she seems to have a lot of executive knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> but a couple of days later, little I was did like, you know. little did I know. <laughs> uh, so, so I was able to enroll in that. And that was, that That was really cool. It was brilliant actually to, do, to do the, 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 the demos at the Academy. Um, it mm-hmm. really brought me on as a musician, really brought me on as an artist. And just sort of, even from a kind of, because I mean, so much of what we do as musicians, anyway, certainly, um, uh, and certainly I think it's more and more and more as opera singers there's an awful lot of sort of uh, writing involved be it blogs or writing articles yeah. or programme notes or um, that kind of thing doing a research sort of project as big as a PhD or a DMOS on that level um, and completing it gives yeah. you a, a huge skill set in terms of being able to um, write well think kind of uh, in a very uh, uh, coordinated and kind of uh, um, uh, kind of methodical way mm-hmm. and, um, and, gives it, and, and and allows you to allows you to both speak, but it allows you to write with clarity. Yeah. And that was really really that was really, really good. And it also gives you this added sort of conceptuality of the importance of research when it comes to um, performance and yeah. the importance of, of being, you know, reasonably well versed at, at, at you know um with your with the material which you're performing um, yeah. so that was uh, and of course I mean I, the, the added bonus of my research actually le- leading to um, the performance of Etna yeah uh, that absolutely. was that was very satisfying because sometimes people do PhDs and maybe they might get a few conference presentations out of it a few journal articles or whatever and that's brilliant amazing yeah. but actually to have the added sort of realization of something to say well actually contributed to something very real and very yeah. significant is uh that's probably one of my you were asking me before about um uh highlights of my yes. kind of artistic existence that's definitely right up there sorry um, i know i'm yeah. waffling something unreal no keep it
0: keep going yeah we, I just tend to you, <laughs> you can you can go off and i think what's interesting yeah. points you've raised there are like um the extra skills that you've learned by doing the PhD. Mm -hmm. And I think during a time like this, a lot of people have kind of had to go, hmm, what else can I explore because I can't perform or I can't, you know, have my outlet. And then also the idea of like, I've had this conversation recently with a lot of people of, you know, in college, we are kind of taught there's, That's what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. And as you're kind of going through the career, you're like, oh but I like this and I like that and it's about finding your own success of course Um, do you think because I do want to go into I'm so kind of fascinated by your mindset and the balance you find because it seems like you've kind of always had this like really clear way of staying true to yourself and doing things your way do you think that that having that kind of mindset has prepared you for a kind of strange time like this because you have kept busy whereas like I'd say, let's say for myself, I definitely went ups and downs and lows and highs, and I'm good in some ways, and then not great in others. Yeah. But then looking at you being so busy and seeing all the projects you've done over the time, mm-hmm. I really wanted to get into like find out about your mindset, how you approach your work, yeah, your well, kind of work ethic, and how that helped during this time.
1: Uh don't be fooled by uh, social media, Aaron. <laughs> I was hoping my, you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't be. Do Yeah. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Um. So there's a couple of things there. Um I'll first say, like about this whole notion of, um, uh, I think sometimes artists convince themselves, either rightly or wrongly, that they're kind of one trick pony, and yeah. um, while there is a th- there is a mainstay or a sort of a th- uh, a main thrust of what they do, and that forms the kind of the kind of central nexus of of everything that they do as an artist and whatever sort of genre of the, of the artistic spectrum that they operate on. Mm-hmm. There is a whole load of other sub-skills sub-skill sets that they have will have developed unbeknownst to themselves sometimes Yeah, and sometimes it's, it's about sort of just sitting back and kind of tapping into that and realising oh wait a second now maybe you haven't had an agent or something like that so you've had to do all your own self-promotion you've had to send all your own emails to say look are you interested in doing this bit of work with me? You've collaborated with people, so you've got an, you, you know, yeah. you, you, chances are you'll be good at that. Chances are you'll be exceptionally good at networking and kind of, you know, because the arts is not a, a you, nobody, or certainly very few artists that I know of, anyway, sort of plow their artistic trajectory without any input from anybody else. It's a very oh, oh, yeah. collaborative thing, sort of rule of thumb. um so the again chances are is that you have a pretty extensive network of people both inside and outside the arts uh, who you've worked with collaborated with and had um dealings with um and uh as well you know um there's an awful lot of artists out there who will be you know will have a very good social media presence and like that would pinpoint to me to a skill set of you know you're one is clearly good at marketing and advertising and that sort of thing. So there's a whole range of kind of things that artists can do and have been doing, but haven't necessarily kind of gone, oh yeah, hold on, I'm actually really good at that. I'm really good at PR, I'm really good at, I'm actually really good at marketing and I, I know how to talk to these people and I know how to do this and I know how to do that. Uh, and it's different for every artist. I'm not saying every artist has that now, but I think no. an awful lot of artists have it. And sometimes yeah. they, they they, would do well to sort of give themselves a bit of credit for it. And in turn, utilise that to their benefit, particularly in a time like now. Yes. When, like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's going to sort of change the sort of vista f- for an artist at this particular time. It's a challenge for all of us. Like we yeah. don't have any... We we have and we have very little say in like how this pans out because we're dealing with something which is just completely beyond our control uh, regarding mm. the pandemic. So yeah, but um, and it's unfamiliar, like. exactly. And like you know, and ultimately speaking, we are we are, we are yeah. depending on um, uh, we are depending on both the government and the bodies which represent us to you know make the right decisions both from a public health point of view and both from our point of view now we'll get into that later yes we but will <laughs> regarding my own mindset I mean um, again yeah look I, I suppose uh, social media is a wonderful thing and uh, 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 a terrible thing all at the same time <laughs> all at the same time the good um, the bad and the ugly. it really is it's yeah. like it's like everything all in one it's mental really when you think about yeah. it um, but I guess I would have always seen even pre-COVID. Whenever I I I resisted social media for a long time um, because I was a bit like I can't be bothered with this. And when I say that, I, I couldn't be bothered with Facebook really. Uh, you still don't have a Facebook? No, I still don't have. Because I account. went
0: on this morning to look. I was like, he definitely has three children. I'm just <laughs> gonna check it for the intro. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then I was like, oh, he's not on Facebook. <laughs> no, but you're no. very present on there. A lot of people have bits up about you all right okay Oh yeah. well, that's good that's yeah, good that's just good so you know, know. I, did, I, I found uh, I, I was on Facebook very
1: briefly uh, back yeah. like when it first came out uh, and uh, I just I, I to be honest I just couldn't get my head around it I was a bit like I remember I had a Bebo page and yes. I didn't oh. I didn't mind Bebo Bebo was grand because like when you're a student you had nothing to do anyway really other than like plan your next night out exactly <laughs> And, uh, and decide who gets your
0: like that day yeah
1: and, exactly <laughs> I, I, was there like some people it was you got remember. one like
0: a day was that it? yeah so, so there was, know what, you some, weren't liking something everything. to be said for that yeah and you kind of you saved it you saved you your saved like you saved your like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the thing I hated about Bebo was your 16 top friends oh god yeah be that's like, right yeah if you gosh. stayed in the top 16 and some people or how far up you were <laughs> and I think back to that and going Jeannie Mac no wonder we're all like social climate because like
1: from bebo, For bebo yeah, yeah it really started yeah well yeah i don't even remember that now i just remember like constantly trying to come up with weird and wonderful ways to um or or, or abstractionist ways rather to describe my uh my biography and i would put yes. all sorts of strange <laughs> things on it but anyway um uh so yeah and, and then facebook came along and i was I guess it was just like I was. I was always one of these people as well. It was like when I was, particularly when I was younger, if somebody texts me, it would take me an age to get back to them. I was really sort of just yeah. like I was. I was laid back to the point of being almost horizontal. And when it came to like you know communication, I mean that's not the case now because like my, my livelihood depends on me getting yeah. back to people pr- properly. Um, but um, but yeah, and I suppose I saw Facebook at the time as this kind of you know uber concentration of like mm-hmm. you know having to sort of you know uh uh what's the word? Um preen one's sort of uh pers- pers- perception of you. Yeah. I mean I wasn't even thinking on that sort of a I'm, um uh kind of deep level about it. I was more like, no. oh I can't be asked with this. And uh I uh, I remember I just shut it down one, one time. And I resisted it then. I, I didn't actually re engage with social media until two thousand and thirteen. Somebody suggested me after because I did the National Opera Studio in London. Yeah somebody suggested to me, you know, you, you should think about social media in terms of um, what I can do if you're from, from an advertising point of view. Yeah. And I gave that some thought. I was I sort of looked at other singers or other um, people working in the classical music industry who had a fairly good online um, uh, social media presence purely from a business point of view. Yeah. And a, kind of a, um, yeah. Um, so, and I kind of figured, actually, this might be worth pursuing from mm-hmm. the point of view of, you know, staying having this outlet as it were uh to showcase your work uh Mm. and that it's sort of readily available it's instantaneous and that if anybody wants yeah it's free exactly (laughs) and like if you you know garner uh, enough of a an appropriate following because like when you first join these things like you get inundated with like bots wanting to join wanting to follow you like yeah this and uh I suppose leave me
0: alone I'm a professional yeah exactly yeah
1: actually to be honest with you I was kind of I, I, I adopted a kind of a, a a kind of a zero tolerance policy on kind of you know followers who basically had you know were either bots or were up to no good or yeah. you know and sometimes you sometimes you have to give people the benefit of the doubt obviously sometimes you know I mean there's there you know as I say social media is weird and wonderful yeah um but uh, but yeah like sometimes you get these these you know uh, as I say these sort of follows from people and you're sort of a bit like you scroll through their you first of all you look at their own sort of output output yeah and you say oh, okay yeah, this person's you know, homophobe or they're um, a yeah. weirdo or, you know, so I've like block. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't need your follow. I, yeah, I really exactly. don't need that. Um, but uh, so I've so I kind of yeah, so I, I I look I from from then on I was like, look, I'm just gonna use social media as this sort of um uh, or in the main, shall we say. Sometimes I will indulge in a bit of personal ranting, the odd time. Yes. Sometimes I'll indulge in like maybe you know, I'd say some like I, when my son was born and things like that like but i yeah. try um 95 of the time to keep everything that i release on social media sort of work focused work, yeah uh and uh and i find it from that point of view it's very handy it's very mm-hmm. handy and it's 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 uh it's it certainly helps in terms of i don't know this is such a millennial thing to say but it's <laughs> self, it it helps you build a brand of yeah, I certain you know, and, and I, I'm not saying that, like, you know, um, oh, I'm uh, Adidas or Coca Cola or anything like that. Are going to sponsor Gavin yeah, Ring? Or, but that I, that I, that I need to to preen myself or preen my brand to that level. Um, I guess that's just kind of my kind of loose conceptuality around it. Um, yeah. but that being said, behind the social media, I can absolutely assure you that, like, i lockdown has been. Uh, and, and sorry not locked up but the whole advent of the pandemic has yeah. been tumultuous from um, an emotional point of view from a financial point of view yeah. from every point of view it's been um, it's been very difficult it's been okay. really really hard um, and I guess like uh, my whole sort of when it first hit first couple of weeks are like what is this What's going on? This is not supposed supposed mm-hmm. to be. What's what's how, what's How long will this? How long be is for, this going to yeah. go on? And then it keeps going on. Mm-hmm. And like you have your good days and your bad. And I guess, like I'm very fortunate in a way, in the sense that like I, you know, um, when this thing hit, I mean, I was first of all, I've 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 got a great family. I mean, Nicola and the kids. Um, you know, there's, it's I've got such a good kind of a base to start yeah. from financially thankfully we weren't in any major kind of um, difficulty I mean we could have been um, definitely but yeah we things like the, the PUP really helped yeah uh, because then you were able to start to say okay well at least we have this coming in and that will that will tie us over until we're yeah. now slowly things are beginning to kind of there's motions here and there like last mm-hmm. week I was doing a week covid care concerts in kerry and Mm -hmm. like and you know i'm trying to do bits and pieces of um uh, gigs wherever they come in like socially distant or or whatever so there's there's bits and pieces of stuff coming in again as opposed to when this first hit and everything literally literally the day that it was announced which was 12th of march yeah i was in dublin for a concert And I drove up to the concert hall. It was the Irish language art song project. And we were doing a recital that night, myself and Louise Thomas. And I drove up to the concert hall, pressed the buzzer. Because I had no word at this stage that it was going to be cancelled. And the security guard goes, sorry, everything's been cancelled. Your gig is over. I was like, all
0: right. So back up the road. (laughs) What was that moment like? Was that kind of like, oh, grand, all right. What were you like? Shit! What's
1: happening? No, I I I just didn't I didn't realize that the seriousness of what was going on at all. Yeah. I think this was sort of a uh, a momentary thing. So I was sort of kind of like, all right, okay. And then I we'll think have was my agent rang two. me and says, oh, I've just been on the phone to Simon Taylor or whatever, and they're going to pay your full fee for that concert. So I was like, all right, grand. <laughs> great, happy days. That's fine. Uh, I so, put the kettle on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then the whole thing started to unravel over yeah. the weeks and months and like all my work, like gets it's just everything certainly the vast majority of everything for this year has been cancelled mm-hmm. and that represented for i suppose developmentally for me it represented an awful lot from a sort of the, my transition point of view from baritone to tenor yeah absolutely obviously that transition has been com- uh, is has is it is, is, is done but i'm in the early stages of developing as a as a tenor yeah and i had the work which was sort of um contra- i had contracted was obviously from a financial point of view was you know going to be very um very helpful indeed yeah um But also from a developmental point of view it was re- it was going to be really important it was a good trajectory yeah it really yeah. was and uh, that that more than anything has been disappointing because I felt mm-hmm. like this was going to sort of set me up for the next less certainly it's certainly for the next few years and because I and it would have sort of given me the the scope to sort of uh, to de- both develop but also at the same time I uh, get the exposure that I needed to be able to sort of you know yeah. move on with the with the with with, with, with being a, a, a full-time tenor so to speak
0: and for kind of just to sidestep for a second that transition for you because it seemed very seamless it seemed like it just kind of happened from an outsider point of yeah. view yeah but well, was it kind of mentally like was it difficult or was it an obstacle or was it kind of like this feels right?
1: Yeah, but all all of that in in one. Okay. Um, it was sort of, I guess um, I'm I am i have been very blessed. I I've, I have a very very good agent and uh, I have a very good teacher and uh, mm-hmm. I guess that gave me uh, when I when I first broached the issue of oh by the way I think I'm a tenor um
0: that came from yourself yeah it came it came it came from
1: me i mean i you see i guess i was always kind of fortunate in the sense that like fortune is probably the wrong word but i always had this high ish voice yeah the height wasn't quite a tenor but i had had height and the height was always relatively easy particularly for a baritone and (laughs) uh but that was kind of a selling point in a way. like That was kind of like, uh, oh, yeah, you can do a Figaro, no problem. You can do it in Barber that is, that yeah. is. You can do an Onegin, you can do a, an Eisenstein, you can do a Billy Budge, you can do any of these sort of um, higher set or certainly higher leaning um, baritone yeah. roles and or barry tenor roles. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, but... Um, but there were, I, I guess when I was younger, people, I remember, was it Ryland Davies, you know, that tenor, he came over to. Yes, um, I to worked judi- with him in yeah. Ram, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he's he, such a lovely man. Ah, an absolute gentleman. But he came over to adjudicate the fish, and uh, I think I, I, maybe I won a competition or was well-placed. I remember myself and Nicola, uh, he adjudicated us in the duet competition yeah. and stuff like that, and we did a lovely master class with him afterwards. It was lovely. But uh, he... Um, they were out himself and uh, some of the singing teachers and stuff like that, they were out for a dinner or something like that and, uh, and Rylan said uh, to Mary at the time, you know, I think he's a lazy tenor. <laughs> of course, which is a sort of a, it's, it's, there's, there's a hidden compliment in that in the sense that like he was obviously, rec- he was recognizing that there was definitely a higher kind of echelon yeah. to the voice um, but it totally went over Mary's head that that expression she had possibly not heard it before. I mean, I hear it all the time. You, you yeah, probably hear it as well. like Absolutely. No, there's a better. I is a lazy tenor, like yeah. you know. Or, or, or he can he 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 could sing Ness and if he wanted to. Such yeah. a thing like you know, mm-hmm. which is a which is a kind of a as I say. There's there's a compliment there it's like that guy has a really versatile voice. Yeah. But it totally went over Mary's head. Mary's like, he's a lazy nothing. He works extremely hard. <laughs>
0: Cheered, lazy was like, right, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Mary
1: is ever the mama bear coming out and and, and protected. Uh, but uh, so, but there was always a sort of a, a, a kind of he was always in the air, particularly when I was younger and so like, Oh, you know, I wonder to see a tenor mm. and sort of thing. But then once I started getting regular work as a baritone, that disappears. Yeah, and again I come back to the old single-mindedness thing of myself. People would have said to me, "Oh, you might be a tenor." I was like, "No, I'm comfortable being a baritone. I like being a baritone. It suits me. I don't want to be pushing it." Blah. That that was my sort of thing, like you know. And so if somebody yeah. said to me back then, "Oh, you're a tenor," I'd have been like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about." Subsequently, they did, but anyway, yeah, that's neither here nor there. But there there was a definite um physical shift. Like okay. I I remember it like. Because I started having physical sensations that I wasn't having previously, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What is going on here?" And I knew I had your to do body something. was like, "I've had enough now." Yeah, come on, basically, stop yeah, stop being lazy, Gavin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come on, the, well, well, the 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 my 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 tenor is a Welsh voice. Yeah, come on, well. <laughs> let's hear, you, yeah. But uh, uh the uh, yeah, and I I I I remember basically it was in like 2017, 2018, things really started to kind of. Just change. I could just feel a physical change in okay. the way my voice wanted to produce itself, mm. um, and uh, I just I, I I kind of put it off at first, and then realized I actually can't put this off for much longer because if I if I if I if I, if I try and force this, if I keep forcing the baritone on, the, on 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 a voice that because I had started experimenting myself at that stage, okay. I had started experiment as as early as like late twenty seventeen. I remember being in a practice room and I took out a set of tenor areas and I started singing them. And I remember sort of even then like going, mm, these are easy. Not, I wouldn't say they're easy, but these shouldn't be as easy or shouldn't be as accessible as they are. Yeah. And, uh, but I like kept hiding. I was like, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. I've got workers of Paris yeah. and I don't want to be I doing know, to make it. it's a, a big shift. Big Eventually, like I just felt like, oh, I think it was summer 2018 and I was like, okay, this is just uh i i can't sort of i can't put this off for any longer like yeah. so and that set it in motion then and i started ex- uh i went to robert specifically uh robert dean my teacher Deem, yeah. and we just started working on it and after a few lessons he was like look you're going to have to tell your agent you're a tenor and i did and she was like grant no problem she says when can i hear you and uh, okay. i was like well i suppose let's organize a session in london for three weeks time and she was like fine um, Faker Garvey actually played for the for the session for Ah, lovely got Fikra. a room in the National Opera Studio she sat down I sang about two or three tenoraries and she was like I was convinced after six bars for the first I think it was like Tamino I sang for her and she which was like, isn't easy
0: no it's not easy at all
1: I've subsequently found out uh, and uh, she, we kind of just said she sort of sat down with me then, uh, we went for coffee afterwards imagine that coffee yeah. willy nilly no masks no sanitizer nothing and uh, sat down and we sort of you know she said, Look, look this is you've got these papagenos back to back, which is very helpful because yeah. papageno is the kind of role that you don't need to necessarily be te- a fully fledged baritone to do anyway because it wasn't written yeah. for a singer per se, it was written for you know, um, Ch- chicken and-
0: papageno in concerts, <laughs> it's it's there's nothing to it really yeah, like i mean
1: fine. it's traditionally done by a baritone but for example Rolando villason did it in a concert performance oh. for deutsche grammophon like, okay never like, like two years ago or something like that oh, like. Wow. so it, it can be done yeah. and uh and so we kind of said and it sort of represents as well um a rule that you can be still working in the background on your tenor transition yeah so it afforded me a nice cover so I was doing these papagenos, but I was working really hard in the background, to sort mm-hmm. of at repertoire and getting things in a sort of a aligning things at least on a very basic level to be able to say that when I finish papageno, right, I can start moving on, on yeah. you know, more sort of exponentially on the on the tenor thing. And um, uh, so, so yeah, that's that's kind of that's that that's the way I, I I had to cancel a lot of work to make it work, uh, that was. That was probably the scariest thing that I did with the yeah. transition, because I had all this work I was supposed to do, like, what did I have? Um, God, I can't even remember now, but I, I remember, like, there was, I was supposed to do a, a Count Alma Viva, um, okay. A Eugene Onegin, um, A Don Giovanni. So big stuff. Uh, yeah, it like was like, there was, good, there was good stuff.
0: Tough to care, get away, yeah. yeah.
1: You know? Um, and, uh, and, like, work stretching right into at the time, this would have been what late twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen. I rock mm. stretching as a baritone, right into wow. middle of twenty twenty one, and yeah. um, I was sort of like, oh yeah, I, it was a, yeah, it was that was the the last the last gig I had was a contourie at um at Garstington, and uh, and uh, I was like, oh god, what do I do? Because how can I how can I justify cancelling all this work? Um, so I kind of. Maxine was kind of of the, my, my age and she was like this I think you should I think you should basically we'll do it when we'll, you do your papagenos and everything after that will we'll, just goes and um, it's taking the plunge really isn't yeah, it? yeah and you kind of go right well okay um, I'll get back to you on that Maxine <laughs> <laughs> so I took about a week to think about it and kind of go and in the end I just figured you know what fortune favors the brave and I've got yeah. Roberts on one side telling me I'm a tenor. I've got Maxine telling me I'm a tenor. I feel, obviously, primarily, yeah. and most importantly, from that that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's where I am, that's where my voice is comfortable. If I were to start to drag the transition out onto, let's say, my last gig in 2021 as a baritone, there's no way that I could have transitioned, let's say, doing a role like Count Alma Viva in Marge Figaro* or uh, Don Giovanni. Yeah. I, I, you just Those roles are so absolutely set in in territory that they just vocally will not allow me to complete the same type of transition uh, that, that that I had to do. Yeah. Um, whereas the Papagenos did which was great. It was just fortunate they fell in that way because it meant I was able to earn and transition at the same time. It was just I was very lucky. Yeah. Um. But the other roles they just weren't suitable. You could not do Njonegan and like be trying to transition to tenor at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, so I kind of I can I, I kind of say look feck it just let's do it do you know and look I'll teach I'll, uh, I'll I'll find sponsorship I'll apply for grants I'll do whatever I have to do to make, make this work. make this work and I did and th- that was that was I, I sort of when something is right from that point of view it will it, it certainly my experience if it's the right sort of path it tends to provided obviously you're willing to put in work yourself yeah it tends to it tends to work out in some shape or form. I'm not saying mm-hmm. like that, you know, you're going to be singing in the Met overnight or anything like that. No. <laughs> but <laughs> your your personal sort of development will sort of it'll it'll it, it, it'll yeah. come along. Um,
0: that also and gives it, you a bit of a show of taking a massive risk like that yeah
1: and yeah. It, ironically now that I'm talking to you it probably prepared me a little bit better for what has happened because I exactly I, last year I cancelled all my work and this year the pandemic cancelled all my work so i was like okay I kind of know how this feels <laughs> yeah
0: you were exactly
1: even though I had no control over it it does um, feel
0: like you were almost being set up for this pandemic maybe <laughs> maybe
1: maybe I mean I'd mentally to, well I don't know about yeah. mentally um, Nicola will uh, <laughs> she, t- she, she may t- have a different there's story been a, there's been a few meltdowns let me yeah. tell you there's been a few meltdowns but we'll not stick to
0: Gavin Ring on social media <laughs> we we'll stick to the picket fence version yeah, of Gavin Nicola Ring yeah they can keep the other side yeah
1: god love her god on, Wendy, she's a lot to put up
0: with <laughs> as well talking about work um, you've done quite a bit of work during this time yeah and like going through like the was it twi- songs at twilight or yeah and that was in the Cater Savine. there's mm-hmm. been some festivals as you mentioned before the covid care concerts yeah um, you did an album release i don't know if that was recorded during this time or before no
1: it was actually recorded when i was a baritone believe it or not oh yeah okay. it's, it's, so it's, it was kind of a weird one for me in a way yeah. because like uh, i recorded it in 2018 um with that uh wonderful gentleman and um and pianist um Niall Kinsler K- yeah. and he uh um he was releasing um the you know john f larche complete songs and airs and it was due to come out i think it was a 2019 was originally when it was supposed to come oh, out okay. but a couple of more songs came to came to light wow. so he rightly said i can't release this album when they're and under the pretense of it being the complete songs and airs if there's songs that haven't been recorded that's so, wow, that's so we actually went back last year and recorded um the ones that needed to be um obviously added to the, to the, to okay. the album. And, uh, so there's
0: a mix of baritone and tenor. Well, kind of,
1: kind of, because actually a couple of the, uh, I mean, a couple of the, uh, the, the songs in that album, uh, particularly, um, uh, Park the Fiddler, for example. Uh, I mean, I would have sang that in the original high key. Um, yeah, there was another one as well. That I can't remember now off the top of my head, but, um, that, you can sort of hear it there alright mm-hmm. that there's definitely something going on you know yeah. um, and I think that actually the song I can't remember exactly off the top of my head but um, the, the, the second song or the, the the songs that we had to add to it um, because I was actually at the time in the middle of the, Middle of the transition, or maybe I just finished up being a baritone. I actually last now we actually transpose it up. Oh yeah. Um. So I with song, you can do that. You so can, of course, it's, absolutely. Yeah. It's more, it's more sort of, um, it's it's more commonly done. Um. But, but yeah, I I guess like when when it when when the pandemic hit, like it became clear to me fairly early on that like you know this was going to have a disproportionately um a negative impact on artists and arts organizations. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean. You wouldn't have had to be a rocket scientist to figure that out yeah um, and I kind of I remember ringing like Peter Whelan and I was like you know uh, I think the main thing here is to stay relevant yeah if we can stay relevant and I don't know how we do that or I don't know how we do it in a meaningful way uh, obviously social media is readily available um let's utilize that and obviously everything uh, the whole world kind of went online and the arts mm-hmm. did too yeah Now it's not the same it's not the same at all and like is. i i for one like that I'm, I'm i'm tiring of the 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 kind of the the online performances and the online streamed yeah. performances but from what i mean don't get me wrong there's some been some fantastic stuff put online yeah. and i have enjoyed all of it tremendously but as an artist and I know that all artists will agree with me when I say this like our raison d'etre is the live experience and like
0: Absolutely.
1: there's only so many so much, look and we will continue to produce i certainly I'll continue to produce online I'll continue to do whatever I possibly I can I so because
0: I've been enjoying your Instagram account <laughs> thank you
1: thank you, uh, Fergal yeah you're both you're, you're, you're one of five people in the world well
0: we're I'm sure we're a good five you know
1: um, it could be four I don't know but uh, yeah the um, so it just you know, I I kind of figured. Look, we've got some some things I engineered myself. Some things I was asked to do. Was I was just kind of, of yeah. You know, I just sort of I kind of felt that if there was an idea, explore it, see if it can materialize into something. That was let's say like the bean thing. That was a, an idea that uh, I kind of came up collaboratively with the chairman of the festival below there. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Fiacre approached me about the West Wicklow thing. Yes. Um, Dervla asked me about the Kilruddery stuff. Um, uh, And then I would have... I mean, I was fortunate I applied for the Cultural Ireland thing. I just sort of... I I, I wouldn't say that there was any great master plan. It's kind of just... Do you take every day as it comes? Because every day brings a new set of... Like, you know, there's... A a day or a week is a long time in the context of a pandemic. You know, a lot can happen. So I I it took me a while, and I'm still getting to grips with it. But I kind of, uh, uh, what's the, resigned myself to the fact, or, yeah, resigned myself is probably the right expression, that like, I kind of have to play this thing by ear, yeah, and just see what happens, and try and you know and do whatever I can wherever I can, mm-hmm. as appropriate yeah and uh and uh, just try and try and just see this thing through and hopefully you know sooner rather than later uh with there will be there, there will be some return to a new version of normality yeah. i don't think that we'll go back to where we were pre-covid certainly not for a very long time no and i think that if we're aware of that and we're like okay well this is the context which we find ourselves in and we still have to fly the flag and make art and even make make even greater art as much as we possibly can I mean like that's easy I mean like I'm not really a creative artist like I mean I'm I'm, I'm more kind of a I'm, a I'm a vessel for other artists yeah and uh so there's only certain unless I take the composition and let me tell you nobody wants to hear that <laughs> uh, but so you know I just I just just gotta keep going yeah. really I mean like
0: it's a tweeting to say but just As much as you possibly can, Uh, you know? I think that's... It's really nice to hear, like, that's quite... Because I'm trying to approach things just day by day at the moment. Yeah. And I think at the start of lockdown, it was very much a... Let's make a master plan to change my life. Yeah. And actually, that doesn't really work all the time. Unless things are maybe set in place or you've got a clear mindset. So it's really nice to hear that. But I did want to just in the realm of work and Mm. virtual work or... Uh, digitising which I had a problem with in the last um, podcast saying that word um, <laughs> I'm hoping that will get edited out um, but you have something exciting coming up with V opera is it? Yeah Opera, basically vopera. the virtual okay. opera
1: project yeah so a uh, uh, wonderful um, uh, director and woman um, uh, Rachel Hewer um, she's uh, I worked with her in uh, uh, during Opera Holland Park a number of years ago um, oh, okay. she's really sort of um, dynamic individual and very open-minded and kind of you know, you know is a a go-getter a really can- mm-hmm. and has a great can-do attitude and she kind of um, she came up with this notion of um, you know why don't we do something you know we have all these online performances let's take it one step further um, so she's assembled this incredible project um, with really great people and the London yeah, Philharmonica are on, it as, are on board as well there yeah there's a huge cast yeah. an enormous cast and um, sort of and, and, and you know from singers all around all around the world really uh, the mainstay from Britain and uh, Europe and um, uh, yeah so we're doing L'Enfant et les Sortilages by Ravel uh, and uh, it's all being done let's say well, I mean all the rehearsals have been over Zoom which obviously brings its own set of uh, challenges and things yeah. like that and it's not it's not ideal but it's been it's been very exciting and encouraging we've had french coachings and it's 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 all been kind of like oh yeah yeah we've been we've been been rehearsing for the last sort of three weeks or so oh wow now it's all sort of because the nature of l'enfant you know you're not needed you're not like you don't have to be on call every day or anything like that like we've been given a schedule and say you attend the zoom meetings at these times and we'll rehearse your bass and um and then, basically, what we have to do as artists is record ourselves okay. uh, either on our phones or something like that. But just basically that they have a visual and an audio, and uh, and then they'll basically just take our heads, and they mm. they'll supplant them then onto these wonderful digital creations, and they have a choreographer who's doing all the all the, basically all the, all the all the all the all the choreography, all the dance, all the movement oh, uh, behind a green screen in London, and they'll basically just you know. Create. The, I I won't speak too much about it because um I don't want to sort of give away the game. Absolutely. But, like Save it's sort of yeah because it, I think it will be really cool actually, yeah. and I think I think as well like it's a really valid this the the, the virtual opera project is a really valid artistic response. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there haven't been artists that every other artistic response during the uh, this pandemic has been has not been valid, but this seems it's somehow you know, it speaks the language or certainly the digital language of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's sort of, it speaks to the, it, and, and both from the way it's sort of conceptualized and the way in which it's going to be presented. Uh, and, um, uh, no, it's not going to be like, you know, James Cameron's Titanic in terms of like, <laughs> yeah. wow, special effects are amazing. But it's a really, it's got real integrity. It's mm. a really good exposition there's really good musicians on it it's a re- it's it's a it's 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 got serious meat on its artistic bones awesome. uh, as a piece of as a piece of as a piece of work created digitally during a pandemic it's yeah. it's there's, it's 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 i from that point of view i find that really exciting because um as i say it's sort of it is of our time yeah uh, and that's uh and that's 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 really important. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that it's the only way that we should be making art no. at this particular time, but it's certainly a very, very uh, it's it's a really
0: strong avenue. Yeah. And I think as well, like it being of our time, it's gonna be around as well for so long. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. What I've also loved is a lot of stuff from the old normal, let's say, yeah. Has started to come up and like Ortier playing, like operas that happened maybe two or three years ago. Yep. Um, and I know a couple of the stuff that you were involved in, like mm-hmm. The Veil vale, Profit, mm-hmm. I think was, and um, other bits were up. What was, what's that like seeing old stuff come back during a time when we're not working? Uh, was that really
1: nice? Yeah, or? it was nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I kind of, I, can, I, I, I would adopt the attitude that, you know, any sort of offering at all um, is, it has to be a good thing. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes you could argue, I suppose that you know, there's oh well, there's a kind of a cacophony, and it's very hard to sort of kind of, you know, um, kind of see the wood for the trees in, mm-hmm. in, in in that sense. But I don't know. I think um, I I think personally speaking, I think it's 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 great to to have stuff you know in the ether the whole time and yeah. to to see basically all this stuff available is important. Because again, sort of my opinion of the thing would be, I think relevance is just totally key. Yeah. And the more, and like uh, the, sort of the, the models of, of relevance, which we kind of have built in today's world, be they right or wrong, uh, are all about content. Yeah. And uh, you know, the more content and the more quality content that's out there, uh, the more that enhances, you uh, you know the status of the arts the status of opera classical music in in, in in people's cultural imagination and I think that's really important yeah. um, uh, I, I, I'm all for it I think there should be more and more and more and more and more put out I think people should be absolutely. saturated by it yeah. to go fine fund them
0: give them the money <laughs> Christ do you know what I mean I yeah
1: absolutely I, I mean I don't know maybe that's naive of me to say but that's inner or about, I would think about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we. I feel that the arts have done a lot for this time yeah. as well. So why not? Totally, and I know, mean, like bodies. And like, that's what this podcast is for—to basically be like, come on, exactly. help us out. We're helping you out. Totally. You know, or like. Totally. totally. So,
1: but I think you know we just need to. Uh, I think that first of all, you know, bodies like the National Campaign for the Arts have done Trojan work. Yeah, in they're terms amazing. Of, in terms of in terms of for probably the first time really in irish history you know fronting a kind of a a a united sort of um uh approach Mm -hmm. to how the arts is treated on a kind of a on a national or macro level and i think that's been really important i think maybe without that um without that sort of that front of solidarity i don't think that we would have Mm -hmm. Achieved even the little that the arts has achieved in terms of, I think I think I think people are are definitely more aware nowadays. Yeah, of the importance of the arts and uh, and how they should uh, and 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 how the arts should in fact be funded. Um, Do but you I think, think it's we created
0: yeah. more of a community.
1: Yeah, totally. I think I think I think more than ever now the arts community, even though like there are swathes of us who aren't working, yeah. or certainly to the levels that we should be. Um, it's created a kind of a, a, a solidarity across the art spectrum. Yeah, we're that's kind of, what I've enjoyed. You know, and that's, I think that's really important because I would've, I, I personally would've seen the whole thing within a, a, a kind of a in the round always. I wouldn't have just, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm an opera singer. That's yeah. my sort of niche as it were. But um, I would've always seen myself part of a bigger sort of arts ecosystem. And I think the more that we sort of encourage that, engender that sort of thinking, yes. that we're all sort of interdependent, uh, the stronger we are in terms of, you know, basically be, banging our drum and the louder we are. Yeah. And, uh, and and the more f- fruitful we
0: will be then in terms of actually, you know, collaborating and, yeah.
1: and doing all sorts.
0: And I think the ties over like different art forms, like, you know, opera definitely has moved into the theater and totally. the dance world and, you know, that's moved into opera. and. You Know that's and I think that that's actually a great thing about Secretly. Dublin yeah. or not Dublin, Ireland. Sorry, you know, I'm from Dublin, yeah. Um, <laughs> about Ireland is that we do because we're kind of small, we have that overlap, yeah. There's and the I, fluidity, yeah. yeah sure. And I think this time has kind of even woken that up a bit more. Like, I think so. I yeah. worked with different people, like just for fun, just to keep things going. And it's been so much fun to be like, oh, yeah, when I was a kid, I loved just playing the piano, but not classically, like playing yeah. other stuff and like waking up all those things and kind of seeing how they can tie into each other yeah yeah. and like you had a lot of background as you said in traditional music do you think you keep all your influences or other influences in your art form or do you think that they have like influenced you in the past and now you're kind of in your operatic art form no no absolutely it's an
1: ongoing thing like obviously look i mean the, the the as i said to you like there's a there's a mainstay of what you do, yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, like something, something like ethna, for example. Um, mm. I mean, the reason I chose that subject material in the first place is because um, I, I'm, I, I speak the Irish language, I adore yes. the Irish language, and I adore Irish traditional music, and obviously, I the, the sort of ethna is a, is a kind of a, a conurbation of mm. all of that and yeah. opera and classical music the whole sort of thing from a kind of a a passion perspective for me yeah. certainly my areas of interest and and, and 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 through like with the context in which Ethan was written like all that wonderful period of Irish history mm-hmm. like that's just basically like you know the, you know Gavin the nerd like in a in a, in a nerd candy shop yeah sort of thing. I was like oh my god this is amazing uh, everything you love kind yeah exactly there in exactly, one, there one lovely yeah. opera um, and uh, so yeah that, that I, I would always kind of you know I'd, I'd always gravitate towards whatever like I, again I, I I mean, maybe sometimes, like the particularly in social media and things like that, my whole kind of thing can come across as very sort of you know very clear and very there's a real sort of trajectory and it's very sort of yeah. like a uh, it, there's there's a real sense of purpose. <laughs> yes. But a lot of it, in in the background it's not. It's kind of like I mean, I know what I want. I know what I like. I know what I I in the sense that, and, and I let that inform the decisions I make then with regard to what I do more or less. Obviously, I like earning money, so I'll make decisions with regard to that too. Yeah, um, but you know, in the main, as an artist, I sort of I I I'll allow, insofar as is possible, every sort of part of me, be it you know maybe only something that I that I maybe something I stopped when I was a teenager, like like not stopped, but. Something that is slightly more underdeveloped, like traditional music, something like yeah. that. If there's an avenue to to explore that and work on that in some shape or form, vis a vis what I'm doing now in the main,
0: you know, you I do it. Sorry, it. I probably that's pro- none of that is probably clear, but you know, I, no, I love. I'm really, It's actually given me a real insight into almost like what I've gotten from that is knowing yourself, yeah, as an artist and a person, yeah, and then allowing that to kind of drive you, but having a real flexibility in yeah. what you. Exactly. Hats you choose.
1: To I I I never rule anything out. Basically, I'd never say Absolutely. like, oh, I'd never do that. I mm. I, I I'd basically like, unless it's like you know, you know, you have to walk down a con street naked and like, look, nobody wants to see that, so I'm not going to do that. Do you know Maybe what I mean? Doesn't line up with your values with that but particular do you, do you thing. You never know if someone offered The right a bunch of money, I might. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? So like, if anyone's a, listening, exactly. And yeah. That's
0: what they're into. Yeah. If that's
1: what you're into, <laughs> if you want to see a slightly overweight. You know, early thirties, on <laughs> who really is in need of grooming. Uh, Not at all. Like You're that. very. Gavin is very turned out here today. Um, um, but but yeah, so that's kind of look. You just, yeah. I I try to keep things as fluid as as you possibly nice. can, and I think I suppose that's probably the. I I've had to be like that because of, uh, I mean, just the way in which I was kind of planted into the you know i went from education into music yeah. uh kind of stepped in and out of education into music went into demos went and to london be- worked as a baritone discovered i was a tenor I had to come out of that and back into working you know so that my career has been full of twists and turns or th- my career my sort of path yeah. has been full of twists and turns and i
0: suppose a lot of those things could have thrown you
1: yeah, because exactly. you're quite open exactly.
0: you're able to go okay let's yeah, yeah let's
1: maybe, it's, maybe it's because I'm from Kerry and yeah. like like I, because, and like, if you even think of all our, all our, like, even the roads leading out of Carsevine, it's just one, like, incessant, you know, <laughs> line of twists and turns and potholes and bumps.
0: But eventually you do get to the destination. Yeah. <laughs> and just touching on Kerry there, I did want to ask what I've, as I said before, I'm a Dublin man. Yeah. Which can sometimes be. I'm sorry, about be, that. Uh, we all have a problems I'm about very it. proud to be a Dublin man. I know. I'm but famous, I, finesse, whenever no. I talk to anyone else, they're like, oh. But there is kind of like a mindset being from Dublin that my world does revolve around Dublin. And I'm like this, the arts happen here and this happens here. But for me during lockdown, I started seeing like, oh, this festival down here mm-hmm. is doing this. Oh my God, that was amazing. And then you'd watch loads of different things. Do you think this time is also maybe shining light on, I don't want to say smaller fest like maybe festivals that because it's not from the capital Like they are very popular Yeah But I suppose from my ignorant point of view Yeah You know Now I've seen them And I'm like amazing So it's spread my Kind of um, Vision Out Do you think that that is going to be helpful During this time For the ignorant people like myself Not
1: at all No no I don't know if
0: there are Maybe I'm the only one But
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh fair good You're not There isn't an ignorant bone in your body Um (laughs) I think yeah I mean as a seal because because uh, because the online platform gives us such a it it gives and it certainly it is it is it has forced festivals to go online like for example the Caribbean Festival of Music yeah. Arts um uh, it not that not that they were sort of dragged kicking and screaming it was something that was just felt very natural and it was like yeah. why don't we do this and um and I think that's uh it certainly gives it it gives festivals like that it gives um artistic endeavor like that that is not necessarily dublin centric um you they're, they're kind of almost now they have been put on a kind of an equal footing because everybody's had to go on yeah home, i love that you know yeah. and like and 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 all of a sudden uh, you don't have to live in you know um yes. to attend a, a concert or you don't you know you can you can be living in you know Nova Scotia and you can, you know, watch the offering from Carsevina or you can yeah. watch the offering from
0: West Cork or, or wherever else. Um, and, and there's so much happening. Yeah. And what I'm hoping is when this time lifts, whenever that may be, is that I plan to maybe start travelling to these things because there's been amazing performances. Totally. And I yeah. hope that like, I know that these places also do have big audiences anyway, but hopefully more people who weren't as aware of these things were kind of
1: completely like, yeah and i think gravitate. that's i think that's something that i mean you're touching on something really really cool there because you know that has so many uh, the, even that notion that let's say oh well you know let's all head down to the West Cork Chamber Music Festival, yeah. or let's all head to you know Music on Valencia or something like that, and exactly. and and you know that has all sorts of wonderful you know economic implications as well for for, for those areas mm-hmm. and things like that, and an awful lot of areas on the western seaboard you know could really be doing with that. Um, yeah. So and and elsewhere, of course. Um, so I mean, it's you know I think if I can talk on a sort of a macro level for 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 a second, like yeah. I I think that there's an opportunity to sort of reset out of this pandemic I think there's an opportunity yeah. maybe not right away maybe not right now because we're still pretty much in, in, the, in, the, in the throngs of it um, uh, but, but it's no harm to have to be making a kind of at, le- on, at least a conceptual plan for how we want the arts to be and the arts to develop and how it flourishes how it functions how it um where it stands uh yeah. in in terms of uh its status in in, in, in Irish society and Irish societal makeup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think necessarily that the arts have always ha- have been necessarily um you know, always kind of, you know uh that people have always been completely dismissive of it. Quite the contrary, I just think that there needs to be a sort of a renewed kind of conceptuality of how we of how we of of of, of basically of, of where of, of where it lies. Yeah, culturally speaking, and um, and I think there's a real opportunity. I I think there's podcasts like this, and uh, the more we talk, the more we, that we that we um, uh, the more we discuss, the more we sort of throw out ideas. But I I really do think there's an opportunity to go, okay. But I think that's probably true of society as, as a whole yeah. I think that like because I said to you you know this pandemic has shown up so much good of, so, so much of the of the good things about 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 what we do in this country mm-hmm. um, but it's also shown up a, a whole host of of of, of, um, of rotten things too of course and you know it, I really hope that you know that whatever kind of rebuilding that we will invariably end up having to do uh, reflects um our a sort of a a purpose of well you know let's build on 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 the on on the good which has become so clearly obvious to us yeah and and i think the arts obviously should form a central sort of part of that rebuilding process yeah. not just from a start like if i never worked again as, a, as an opera singer but let's say the arts thrived or the arts became this you know um sort of uh i would say sacred or anything like that but became the uh, was given the sort of status um both kind of uh from a support point of view and from a sort of a cultural point of view which it deserves um i i I think i'd probably die a very happy man because i think i I, because i think I think it needs to start at education. I think I think we need massive overhaul of our arts approach in Definitely. terms of education. I think that I think at the moment we're we're far cont- we're far too content in Ireland to accept uh, a sort of a a low standard basically. Uh, and uh, I'm not saying that artistic endeavour is uh, uh, from a sort of a curriculum point of view is not valid. Of course it's valid, but I yeah. just think that we are. I think that we're capable of so much more. The, there's
0: so much talent here uh,
1: there's so much ta- and we even i think I, I think Irish society has a natural leaning towards um a kind of a, a, an art- artistic tendencies yeah shall we say and uh, i think you see you you see that like we're a small island nation that can produce the likes of beckett that can produce yeah. the likes of you know um Langham, or that we can produce the likes of uh, uh, you know, you know, on, on uh, Joyce, you know, uh, com, 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 composers like Sean O'Rea you know uh, Gerald Barry. We have this. There's something in it. Like yeah, I mean, I'm it's, and, and it's not just anecdotal. Like I mean, the proof is there. Yeah, you know, Mihala O'Sullivan people like mm-hmm. that. We we have this. Th- there is something in Irish in Irish culture that runs through Irish culture which is, you know, it's ever-present, despite whatever sort of circumstances it finds itself in. Mm-hmm. And I think if we tapped into that on a, on a, on a far more sort of intensive and coordinated and, and su- supported level, I, 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 think our, I think our society will flourish. But as I say, it has to start with education. It really yeah. does. And we have to build it from grassroots. I don't know whether that involves sort of bringing all of the great artistic minds together in the country and constructing a brand new sort of mm-hmm. or re- reimagining you know the arts curriculum from that point of view i know that nuig are in on something like that next year
0: oh. um
1: uh but it probably needs some kind of a, a an almighty sort of all, and and all island not just the republic all yeah. island sort of approach to how we view the arts yeah. you know and how and how we how we, how we construct our sort of national curriculum towards the arts, both from an educational and, and and sort of expositional point of view. Yeah, so I know I'm waffling now again. No, you know what okay. I
0: mean? I'm just thinking. Yeah, no, Think, I'm actually feel, I'm thinking into very patriotic. Out. You know, I'm like, okay, let's let's do this. <laughs> but I suppose from an educational background, it's like um, segueing in. Yeah. Um, I'm learning how to segue. Uh, <laughs> if you cool. have your own music skills, Cooley Music Academy, which is opening, reopening next week.
1: I wish I could claim ownership of it, Fergal. But actually, oh. um, I mean, uh, while I'm sort of assuming directorial responsibilities, as well, my very, very good wife has um, uh, is is on, um, I would say, quasi maternity leave uh, because yes. she still has to put up with me. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was something that uh, obviously I, I I pitched in. With last year, um, yeah. uh, we, we we felt that we wanted to start something in. Uh, You've been where open we live.
0: a year now, is it? Or? Yeah, well, this is yeah. our second, second year, year basically, pop.
1: and uh, you know, Nicola in particular felt that she wanted to start something uh, in Carlingford, County Louth, where we live, yes. and um, uh, we approached some of the uh, community stakeholders there, and they were thrilled with the prospect, and um, so it was for for the first year, it was the Cooley Singing Academy, uh, okay, and. Uh, and I think that's because, look, and again, this is because of the pandemic basically of, you know, um, uh, I'm a bit like, well, I'm at home now and uh, I mm-hmm. play piano reasonably well. I play traditional flute and classical flute and yeah. I have a reasonably good um, uh, grip on music theory. <laughs> <laughs> I say reasonably with massive asterisks, uh, either side of that word. But once um, you have a book beside you. Exactly, books. a book on YouTube and <laughs> off you go. Um, and uh, i kind of said well look well, why don't we expand i'm going to be around and why don't i put that again why don't i put that skill set that i have that may not necessarily be as developed as my operatic skill set yeah obviously i will be doing singing singing teaching as well and we've i sort of i sort of figured I, I i was kind of thinking to myself you know how do i how do i also you know put my Vast expertise as a, as an opera singer and experience as an opera singer to produce mm-hmm. as well. That's why we came up with the advanced vocal arts I was just idea. Ava, yeah. yeah, <laughs> which is actually Ava. my my second my second child's name as well. Oh, um, yeah, and. Um, so, she's uh, going to have a big head she's going to be like you very, named a program after was, me I, I said it to her <laughs> last day I, I'm not sort of thinking you know and uh, I, said, I said I said oh you know daddy's after naming um, his, his teaching program after you Ava she's delighted and then my eldest Clara came over and says have you named one after me <laughs> well now you're now you're <laughs> under pressure I, I was kind of and I heard Nicola from the kitchen going yes you've named one after her haven't you Who <laughs> <laughs> said um, I said, yes, of course, Clara. We've named yes. one after you as well. So we're working on a Clara in terms of a programme. I'll be back to you on that one. But I'll be waiting for the Clara programme. <laughs> the program Clara program. Program. yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. It could be sort yeah. of like, you know, um, some, something to do with um, the promotion of female composers or something like that. Yes. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, we basically decided to sort of scale up uh, with me around and um, so yeah and uh, we we're, we're starting lessons next week um, we uh-huh. have obviously we have a fair carryover from uh, the students that Nicola was teaching mm-hmm. uh, actually it was it's it's been really sort of positive uh, ten days or so because an awful lot of the students actually dropped out as soon as the pandemic hit yeah uh, and uh, we did we, we were slow to come online we didn't figure that in, term, well, in terms of offering teaching online, we didn't think that it would have much of an uptake, But obviously then we saw other music schools doing the exact same thing. Where we were like, oh, okay, fair enough, well, we better do
0: this. It's and a different we were, experience, but it can work to...
1: Yeah, you know. it, can, it can. It can, and I think, look, we sort of managed to get just under half of the students back online. It wasn't great mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of, like, in terms of the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but the experience was very uh very very helpful and it was great good because it allowed it because we sort of finished up or nicola finished up that teaching uh, around the end of june and it allowed us to go okay well how can we improve this yeah. so you had the information yeah exactly yeah so we did a bit of research on how to sort of um optimize zoom and mm. we got some audio, say, audio interfaces and condenser mics and stuff like that and yeah we you sort have some of, setup in
0: in your studio yeah or, it's nice yeah. now
1: and it's i i've done i've done i've ran a few test lessons um because i started i, I got a couple of students online in the uk and in the usa as well oh and, nice uh during the summer and they're now on the ava program so to speak Awesome. and um, I was looking at it last night it looks really cool ah uh, look I mean look it's it, 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 I was sort of saying to myself well how do I how do I differentiate let's say your kind of general kind of you know because the, the teaching that one does in let's say in, in, in Carlingford is generally a very basic level of teaching you're teaching you know kids yeah. and the, it's a it's 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 beginner stuff do you know what I mean and I was thinking well how do I put the other end to good use as well Yeah. and absolutely. I said well I could offer an, an online course to people who you know could are at more at a more advanced stage and who I, mm-hmm. who I would have something to contribute to and um, so yeah and it's it's actually been really cool I have a, a couple of people signed up already yesterday so
0: nice.
1: um yeah look again it's just another sort of uh, thing I was like well look we have I mean it was great that Nicola had the sort of groundwork done anyway from last year and we were like okay yeah. well let's just try and expand on that no if a sec second knockdown comes along obviously we're way more prepared online mm-hmm. but it could have detrimental effect that if there's a five kilometer radius thing in thing again some of our students come from 25 or 30 kilometers away okay. it, it could it could have Yeah, but again you sort of roll the, with the punches yeah exactly if, if it happens it happens we probably you know drown our sorrows in a you know a bottle of whiskey or something like that yeah. and like and, and and be depressed for two or three weeks but just try and get up again and keep going yeah. it's 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 awful really in, in many respects like it's it's really tough because you feel like you're constantly being sort of you know particularly at the beginning when you're getting emails saying you know this has been cancelled that's been cancelled this is under review this you know there's we can't guarantee that this is going to go ahead I'm not sure if you're going to get anything resembling a recompensatory f- uh, fee for it or anything and you're yeah. kind of like you know how much more of this can you take like yeah, and it is, it, 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 there is a fear there then, like that. When you do embark on something like that, you do embark to say, right, we're going to open on next week and we're going to mm. start the lessons up. And we put a whole load of COVID protocols in. We've got of thermometer course. guns and, and sanitizer gel and stickers and perspex and visors and the whole lot. And yeah. really, you feel you're really prepared. And then something else to come along. But I guess we've had so many months now of like basically taking knocks that there's probably a bit of kind of
0: like a shrug at the shoulder. Yeah, or like, or like, okay. right, okay.
1: Find another yeah. avenue. Try this, try that. Keep trying until some until something gives. Maybe you'll have to take 10 steps back again and try something else. Mm-hmm. But the important thing to remember, even though like th- this whole situation is not permanent. It's not permanent at all and absolutely. it will absolutely um we, we will find a way to either vis-a-vis vis- vis- vis a vaccine or we'll find a way to deal with the Mm -hmm. with the virus and we'll find a way to um to resume some sort of a a a, a yeah and you know we've been i I think that's i I think it's i think it's important to remember that we just we just have to sort of you know keep our heads down for it'll be relatively speaking a short space of time years from now we'll be sitting in a coffee shop going Jesus oh during that coronavirus. Exactly. Yes, that was desperate, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. And hopefully we'll have many more skills. Well, and this we'll is have it. A better country, yeah. better world, or you'd
1: like to you think know? so. You'd yeah. like to think so. We need to get rid of Trump. Once we get rid of Trump, well, yes, that's obviously we have no state, we have no say in that, but like we can be kind of going, please please vote for
0: Biden. Again, like <laughs> visibility, just even if we say it online. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone might listen. I'm going to finish off with a quick little game. Okay. So I'm going to spell out lockdown for you. Right. And I want you to give me a word uh, that you associate with the arts. Oh, God. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we've had some interesting words, so I'm excited. So L. Love. O. Outdoors. C. Cooking. K. Um. I don't
1: know, actually. This is kind of. my
0: fourth interview and I still haven't come up with a K. K. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking around the house. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Do or die. Nice. Oh. Sorry. Oh, again. Another another O. Oven. W. Um, (laughs) uh, Weather. And N.
0: Um, Nibbling. Oh, nice. Yeah. And to finish off the last question, can you tell us why the arts are essential? um, In your own words? Uh, okay. We've got about five minutes, uh, just five so minutes, you know. Okay. okay. <clears throat> why the arts are essential?
1: The arts reflect who we are. And we reflect the arts. It is our. It is the mirror for society. It's the mirror for culture. It's the mirror for... It's, it's, it is it um, is. the process, or certainly trust of the process by which we reflect as a society. Uh, and it, it allows us that cushion, that platform to explore and to, uh, you know, every facet of our society. Um, the parts that we love, the parts that we're comfortable with, the parts that make us laugh, the parts that make us cry, the parts which we don't like, the parts which are downright obscene, horrible, and and, and and atrocious but the arts gives us that space to deal with all of that um, you can see it all around the world um, economies or societies which prioritize the arts which give the arts pre- or a, you know a, a, an elevated platform and the support to to sort of to, to do what it needs to do generally speaking um, you know, have better democratic engagement have better education yeah. systems have a better overall quality of citizenship and uh, and, and and I think if 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 we are to 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 become the the democracy the country which I think I think Ireland has an idea of where it wants to go um and I think that if it can, if it, if if we if the, the the maintenance of a thriving art scene is going to be so important to realizing That
0: potential. There you are. Amazing. That was awesome. Um, Thank you very much, Dr. Gavin Ring. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. A gorgeous rainy day. Oh, fabulous. Um, And Gavin is off to sing, so I'm going to let him go. Thank you very much. No bother. And that's it. I'm hoping that through this podcast, these incredibly talented people can raise awareness for an industry that is so important to many and so dear to myself. Next time you pick up a book, get inspired by an article, have a dance around the kitchen to some music or lose yourself in a film. Spare a thought for the artists who show up every day for an industry that is essential to every single one of us. And let's keep the conversation going. Let's talk about the arts. This podcast is presented by Tall Tales Podcasts. Tall Tales Podcasts have just launched their new platform broadcast by Tall Tales. You can access many shows for free over on this platform. Our free shows are created to start conversations and we believe those conversations should be accessible to all. However, if you are in a position to do so, we ask that you would consider supporting this podcast. Your support allows us to invest in future shows, further conversations and many more lols. So head over to broadcast.talltales.ie and show us your support.